From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up uh, with Jeremy Schilling for, uh, I'm looking at a September calendar, that's no help. Uh, Today is what, the 4th, October 4th, I believe? Yes, no, the 3rd, I'm all twisted, the 3rd of 2019, Uh, Danny Flicker's weekly spot, hello sir. How's it going? I'm fine. Uh, I'm, I, I hope you're well. Um, it, it's interesting. People talk about Belichick and Brady. A lot of people mention McDaniels. Not a lot of people mention this consistency in the kicking game for the Patriots. And for all this time, it was Adam Vinatieri and then Stephen and then Stephen Gostowski. Well, Gostowski's out for the year now. Mike Nugent's going to replace him. And what was a trusted piece of this Patriots puzzle is now gone. And I have no idea what kind of impact that's going to have. Yeah, it was kind of uh, breaking news, if you want to call it that, for a kicker. You know, when it came down on Wednesday afternoon that Kostowski was going to be out for the year with a hip injury. It sort of explains a little bit of his rocky start at the beginning of the year. Um but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this works out for the Patriots. I, I think at the end, what you're going to see a little bit more of it, more of my field, more aggressive play calls on, on fourth down, depending on where they are on the field. Uh, you know, Nietzsche doesn't have a big leg. He did struggle with some consistency. Last time he was in the league with some extra points, you know, you might have had, you know, a little bit more earlier in the game, like to kind of set that tone early and make the teams chase them. That way they're not chasing them. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, it, it's, it's talked about on a weekly basis, you know, what, how these kickers are performing and, you know, what situations they're going to find themselves in. And, you know, this is a guy coming off the street that hasn't kicked uh, since 2017. So we're going to see how it plays out. Thankfully for the past, the next he has a uh, you know, this week, this game against the Redskins, and on Thursday night against the Giants, so he gets thrown right into it, and he can kind of develop a rhythm, but we'll see how this affects them moving forward. Uh, he's he's a former Jet, doesn't that shock you? Um, a lot of people are former Jets out there, the way Jets have gone through kickers. Um, what's interesting to me about your Giants is they're finally getting in the gear, but it's been against some weak-slash-advantageous opponents so now you possibly get Saquon Barkley back, which can only help Daniel Jones. And we talked last week about how we're not going to make big pronouncements after one week of a quarterback. But I would have to imagine, as you get Sterling Shepard back to full strength, as you now get Golden Tate back off the suspension, and if you get Saquon Barkley back, that really helps Daniel Jones. Yeah, I think Barkley's reports have been very optimistic. And, you know, I was always one person that thought he would beat that four to eight week timeline. I, I still don't think it's right to put him in there. I still don't think you see him until week seven when they play the Cardinals. You know, that Thursday night game against the Pats. Uh, you know, if that game was on a Sunday, you know, you might have seen him in that game. But I, I don't think you see him until that game against the Cardinals on October, I think it's the 17th or whatever week, you know, 19th, whatever date that is. 20th. Um, so, yeah, so I still think he's going to miss the next two games, you know, which puts him at week seven, uh, which is, you know, about four weeks. So, um, 
know, it, it's right because to hold them out, but the other people you mentioned, you know, are what the Giants need to, to help them out for the time being. You know, as a fan, you know, when you originally looked at the schedule, you saw that the first four games were maybe, you know, two and two. Um, then you hit a little bit of a tough stretch here with the, the Vikings and Pats. The Pats on a short week up in Foxborough is never going to be good. So, you know, if the Giants can pull one out uh, on Sunday, then they're, they're possibly looking at three and three heading into week seven. And I think that's a good spot for them. I don't want to hear the playoff talk yet because, you know, it's just, that defense is still not good enough. And I know they play six good quarters, but they still have a long way to go before they're even in playoff contention. And, you know, I think the important part is here, you know, they say every week with Daniel Jones is just a basic competition. See as many defenses as he can. Learn how to read those defenses. You know, develop that chemistry with, it, with those players. And then, you know, build off of that heading into a year, 2020, where the Giants could maybe take that next step forward with a strong draft and, and some good scouting on free agency and to build up that defense. I have a thought tangentially um, for you. Eli and the Giants and what happens after this uh, season. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things where he just rides off into the sunset. I, I don't see him having the same mentality as his brother. I don't know if he has that desire to, to be a GM or a coach or, you know, front office guy or anything like that. Um, I also don't think he has, like, chops to, to go into the booth or anything like that. So I think it's one of those things where he kind of just rides off and, and, and takes some time to himself and, you know, figures out his next thing from there. All right. Uh, Yanks Twins starts uh, tomorrow night um, on MLB Network. Bob Costas, John Smoltz, Tom Verducci will have the call. And the Yankees will go Paxton, Tanaka, Sevy. Uh, Hap will be in the bullpen, but, but could start game four. CC Sabathia will not be in the bullpen. He has a shoulder issue. Your thoughts on those announcements? Yeah, I thought that today. I think it's the right call by uh, by Boone. Keep the lefty in in house, you know, at the stadium. Um, you know, avoid that uh, potential for them to to use the porch to their advantage. You know, on the the left hand side. I don't know how many left handed batters they have. You know, in that lineup, I haven't really done like a deep dive on the Twins. But, you know, you know they can hit the ball. Um, you know that they can match it. And, you know, their pitching kind of stinks. So I think it's going to be whatever team has the better pitching uh, throughout the series. They're just going to hope that Paxton and Tanaka can take advantage of their, of their home field while they have it. And then, you know, you go into Minnesota with the opportunity to either, you know, take the series or shoot the series. Um, you know, Tanaka is the, the big guy for me, you know, with a team that can hit the ball like, the spin can. It's all about the splitter staying down in the zone, getting hitters to get on top of the ball, not under. And uh, so uh, I think Paxton will be fine, even though it's the first start. Uh, I think game one will be a, a Yankee win. I am nervous for game two with Tanaka, to be honest with you. But if that splitter is working, if it's a nice night in the Bronx or it's not too cold um, or windy, I, I think that you know Tanaka should have a decent enough game, but he does worry me a bit. And that's interesting. A lot of people will will uh, say that they think Tanaka's the uh, steady man in in, in this. Um, the Rays win uh, their excuse me uh, wild card game. The Nationals, in thrilling fashion, win their wild card game. 
So you look at this, and everybody thinks we're headed towards Yankees-Astros, and then either Houston Dodgers or Yankee Dodgers. Has anything you've seen swayed you one way or another uh, towards that or, or to stay with it? Oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Uh, to uh, steer you away from that or still on that. That's what I meant to say. You know, it, it's going to be an interesting playoff to begin with. You know, it's going to be what teams are going to get, you know, the best of their, out of their, you know, lineups. I think the Rays and A's, you know, over overproduced this year. The Rays are, are a scrappy bunch. They have strong pitching, a strong bullpen. Um, but the Astros have, you know, an out-of-this-world lineup and starting rotation. So it's going to be, you know, how do these teams match up and who's able to get the, the best out of their team. Um, you know, the Yankees and, and Twins are going to be hitting home runs left and right. And then you go to the, in the NL, you know, I was just watching a little bit of the Cardinals and Braves game before. Um, you know, low-scoring game, lots of pitching, lots of bullpen. You know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, the, the offenses need to be able to produce, uh, you know, in these types of events. Uh, the playoffs have always shown that, you know. Um, but I, I'm not going to say that the Astros are going to definitely make it and the Yankees are definitely going to make it. They had win one game at a time and, and we'll go from there. But you would think, based off of the, the lineups and the, the pay, you know, looking at it on paper, that you should have maybe a, a Braves, Dodgers, and Houston Yankees series with potentially the Dodgers coming out of the NL and, you know, either the Yankees or Astros. But... I'm going to stick with the Yankees getting out of there just because I think that they have a chip on their shoulder after getting so close two years ago against that Astros team and laying a dud last year. I think that they're out, you know, for something to prove. And they, and they you know, fingers crossed, seem to have their best players available to them right now. I try to ask you one absurd question on something you could not give two bleeps about. Um, and today is this. Cardi B announced... Um, that her next album will be called Tiger Woods. Uh, everything I'm working on right now is straight to my album, and I think I'm going to name my album Tiger Woods, because remember when everybody was talking shit on Tiger Woods, like, oh, blah, 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 this, blah, 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 that, and then he fucking came and won that green jacket? That's what I'm going to name my album. Do you have any thoughts on the subject? She's a character, I know that much. <laughs> That is just bizarre. That That is absolutely bizarre. Um, one thing that's interesting to me about this MLB playoffs is you've got a bunch of teams here that is, you know, right now, for example, Cardinals-Braves, as we tape this bottom of the eighth inning, 3-3, three, three, um, that, that got there because of their bullpens. And does this become like previous years in the playoffs where we've got changes every other batter and all the pace of play issues get magnified or does this actually go at a pretty good clip and some starter can actually get you know some length because, and you know this, you've watched a lot of baseball, if one of these teams decides to go with an opener to start, this is going to be never-ending TV commercials and they better be entertaining because we're going to see the same ones about 86 times. Yeah, I, I made a comment when I was watching the game. I think it was um, bottom of the fifth or so, and um, the Cardinals had a lefty on the mound. Uh, Marquez to the double. They intentionally walked the guy. Then they 
you know, McCann was up at bat for the pinch hitter, and then they were going to throw the ready up, and then that took like two minutes, and then when once they announced him, then the Cardinals went to the bullpen to bring in a righty. And, anyway, I was just made a comment. I was like, can you just make this any more dragged out? Can you just, like, find more ways for me not to watch? And I, I think it's the analytics of, of baseball have just taken over to, a, to an extent where nothing is ever about who is your best pitcher at that moment and can they get the guy out. And I think that's what might separate a team, you know, moving forward, you know, in this analytics-driven world. It's like, do I have the best player on the mound right now and the best player in the batting batter's box to win this particular moment, not matchup, the moment, you know, because a lot of these times you're making these changes based off of the momentum or the moment or, um, you know, leverage situations, and it just comes to a point in time where if you ha- you think you have your best player available and they're on the mound or they're in the batter's box, you just roll with it. You know, it's been 162 games. At this point in time, if you don't trust the people you have out there, then I don't think, you know, as a manager, you have the team to win it all. So I think you just have to trust the players you have out there and let them go out and do what they do best. And I think all these match these matchups at times can really paralyze, you know, the managers in the situation and potentially lead to overusage or just poor management of their bullpen. As we go into week six of the uh, college football season, we have the same top six from the preseason poll that are still there in the AP poll um, this far in, which is remarkable. Uh, right now, the AP top 25 is Bama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, LSU, Oklahoma. Is there anybody outside of that that you think has a chance to get in there on their own? So obviously, if a bunch of teams lose, that'll jumble it. But on their own, is there anybody that you think is good enough to break into that top six? It's going to be really hard, to be honest with you, until like we start to get those matchups where we see teams go against you know other top ten teams, and you know I think Auburn has a tough match up this week against Florida. I do think that they should win that game, but you just never know. Florida's tough; they're at home. They have a good defense. I think it's going to be a slugfest. Um, so we'll see how that works out. But I think you know the, the best teams that are going to be having that opportunity to get into that top ten, then you know, that top four are going to be teams like Wisconsin, who plays Ohio State, Penn State, who has, you know, matches against Ohio State as well, and Georgia, who will have the opportunity potentially to play Alabama if they're undefeated. So I think those are the three teams to keep an eye out for. Um, obviously, you have LSU, Alabama. I think that's an elimination game for the playoff. Whoever wins that game will, will be the ones that are going to go through. Uh, but I think that, that those are the teams that probably have the best chance right now to, to move up there and make the noise. All right. Riddle me this, because I'm not an expert in this area. You are. Right now, we have Oregon at 13, Washington at 15, um, and everybody always says um, that the Pac-12 gets ignored for various reasons, whether it's game times, whether it's, um, it, you know, just quality of, of, of team and, and places like, you know, Stanford having a down year. Why is it that we don't think about um, 
Why is it that we don't think about Pac-12 teams when it comes to the playoff? Is it just that that the SEC and the Big Ten are that much better? I just think that every time the Pac-12 has an opportunity to shine on the big stage, they, they shoot themselves in the foot. And, you know, Auburn and Oregon with that big game for them. Um, this year, and, and Oregon blew that lead and allowed Auburn to take it, and that's the last marquee matchup. And, you know, I just don't think the Pac-12 is strong enough. You know, with USC being down and, and not a strong team, um, you know, Washington State and Utah, they, they traded losses the last couple of weeks. Um, I just don't think that they have a strong enough schedule, and they don't play enough competition outside of the Pac-12. And when they do, they don't do very well. So... Until they can get that team that either runs the table or beats an SEC team or a Big Ten team in prime time, uh, I just don't think they're going to be able to make it. Uh, anything else you want to uh, say or talk about? No, I mean, we're in a good part of the calendar, right? You know, college football is ramping up and uh, MLB playoffs. we got our Yanks in there and, and, and football is starting to, to heat up as well, you know, heading into the second, I mean, the second quarter of the season so we'll see what happens the next couple of weeks should be very exciting for uh, some, of the, some of our sports fans um, just to give you some insight here the Cardinals are now on their 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 7th pitcher who just struck out the side to end the 8th uh, with a runner on 2nd um, in that inning, there was one out from Andrew Miller and one out from another guy and one out from another guy. And you wonder why too pace much. of play is so damn slow. Too much. Way too much. Way, way, way too much. Danny Flecker, thank you for coming on Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schelling. All right, man. Have a good night. You got it. And thank you all for listening.